born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. See, the majority of people, even in this world, believe that salvation is by your works. They may talk about grace. And they can talk about Jesus paying for all the sins of the world. But when you boil them down and nail it down, and you find out if they can lose their salvation, they're not truly trusting Christ as their Savior. They say the right words. But they believe they can lose it. The only way you can lose it is if it depends on you. Because, see, he said, I won't lose you. So if I can lose my salvation because I'm in charge then, then my salvation depends on me. If I can lose it, then it depends on me. Why can't they see that? Do you see that? (laughs) Are y'all awake out there? All right, let me know that you're awake. So they don't see it. And it's because the Bible says they're blind. They're blind. They can't see it. And God says, concerning the nation of Israel, they're blind in part. Now, I want you to see two words that's mentioned over here in verse 25. Look in verse 25, where it says, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part. They see some things, but not all things, not enough things. But what was the advantage of the Gentiles? They believed it. And then it says there, until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. In part, fullness. In other words, those are not the same thing. Something that's in part and something that's full. We'll look at this as we go through here. But there's a a remnant of people that see it and understand it and believe it. It's just like we had a lot of kids that went to Bible college. Thousands of kids that went to Bible college. A few got it and saw the difference, really understood the clarity of the gospel. And for 30, 40, 50 years later, they were still just like they were back then because they got it. Some people change. Some people, they really didn't catch it. Because how can you really go against what you see and understand and believe and know to be true? I don't know. I guess there's people that can do it. The Bible says that winds of doctrine come along. and People believe stuff. But we are so blessed to be able to know what God's Word says and to believe it and to stay on track and, and not to have 
these blinders where you can't see and understand, to get the whole panoramic view, understanding what God's talking about. But look what he says. In verse 7, he says, What then Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for? Now, he's talking to Israel like Israel was, you know, still Jacob. Like, like a, he was a man. And so as you study this and you go through here, look at Israel as though Israel is a, an individual. And God is dealing with this individual. And he says, hath not obtained it. Why didn't Israel obtain it? Well, because they were trying to be saved by their works. And God had already determined that he's going to save them by grace. And so if you look there in Romans in chapter 9, look at it real quickly again. See there in verse 11, For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works. See, that was true back then when it began as a nation. That God says, not everybody, just because you are of the nation of Israel, doesn't mean you're my child. And that's why down in verse 8 of chapter 9, it says, that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. They're in the nation of God, and if they obeyed the law and offered the right sacrifices, they could have the same blessings of anybody else. And even in our nation, see, there's laws that God has put into this world. If a lost man obeys certain laws, he can have the results that a Christian can have. For example, I got five acres of land, you got five acres of land. I'm saved, you're lost. I work my ground, he works his ground. I dig up my ground, he dig up his ground. I fertilize, he fertilizes. I plant, he plants. Rain on mine, rain on his. Which one's going to grow? Both. So it rains upon the just and the unjust. And if he obeys certain laws, then he can have the benefits of obeying those laws. There's a lot of things that God has placed in this world as society concerning nation that if we obey certain laws concerning the nation, then God has still got to bless us. But if we violate those laws, then there's going to be a judgment upon the nation. So that's what God has been doing down through the centuries. Now, go back here to Romans in chapter 11. See there in verse 8, he says, According as it is written... God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear until this day. They didn't see it back then, and they still can't see it today. You say, well, then that doesn't make sense. But remember in chapter 9 when he talks about God says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Now, the Calvinists take this totally out of context. And try to make it look like, you know, God is the one that doesn't allow a man to believe. And that God gives faith to this one and faith to this one. And that's not what God does. You see, God will allow you to not trust him, not believe him. And if you choose not to believe, you have hardened yourself and you have blinded yourself. 
This is also mentioned, and it refers back to the book of Isaiah, but look very quickly in the book of Matthew in chapter 13. Matthew in chapter 13. And you'll notice that he refers to this also about you can't see, you don't understand. See there in Matthew in chapter 13, they asked him in verse 10, the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. Okay, the question always comes in, well, why? For whosoever hath to him shall be given. In other words, those who will have and accept a little light, God can give them more light. And if you accept that light, then God can give you more light. The person who does not accept the light that God gives, then God doesn't have to give them any more light. Because, see, God is going to hold a man responsible according to the light that he has. And he says here, But whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundant. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not. Hearing, they hear not. Neither do they what? They don't understand. But it's because there's a certain amount of truth that God does give that they do not believe. And that is the key to gaining more. The Bible even says that in the book of Hebrews in chapter 6 where it says, And we will go on to maturity if God permits. But God does not permit a person to grow strong when they reject light to grow as a child. And that's why a lot of God's children, you can go to church all your life. And you can hear the word and never grow spiritually. I hate to say that. But there's people who've known the Lord for 20, 30, 40 years. And spiritually are no stronger than they were back then. Because they have rebelled against truth or they will not do what God says they should do with the light they already have. So God will not permit you to gain any more. When you obey what you do know, then God can give you more light to do more. But you continually rebel and become disobedient to light you already know. Why should God give you more light? So God says he will cause you not to see. Not to be able to discern. Why? Because you've already rebelled against a little truth. A little light. And so he says here in verse 14. And in them he is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Which said by hearing ye shall hear. And not understand. Seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed. It's already that way see. Because they are already that way. That's why they can't see. That's why they can't hear. It's not because God didn't want them to see and God didn't want them to hear. But God will not allow a person to have light and to see when they rebel against truth. And that happens even today with God's people. See in verse 15. For this people's heart is wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes, and you ought to underline those three words. Who closed? They have Closed. They did it. Lest at any time they should be able to see. Now, but see, this is what has happened to them. And so Isaiah talks about this. And over in the book of Romans in chapter 10 and 11, it 
talking about the same thing all over again. Because when the gospel was preached, they will not believe it. But there are always some who accept a little light and a little light and a little light. And God can lead them to more light. You start believing truth and follow truth regardless of where it leads you. Now, you may not know where it's going to lead you, but truth will always lead to more truth. Little light will always lead to the source of light. Go back to Romans in chapter 11. And you'll notice that um, in the last part of verse 8 where it says, that they should not hear. Ears that they should not hear. It means if you don't want it, you can't have it. If you don't want it, you can't have it. That's all it means. And David says that the preaching concerning Christ was a stumbling block to them. Well, isn't it a stumbling block even to this day? You see, it's not just all of a sudden they rejected Jesus Christ as the Messiah. They didn't believe the Messiah was going to do what the book says he was going to do when he did come. And that's why they were still trying to earn their salvation instead of by grace, believing that the one that was to come was going to down that cross and pay for my sins. They can go through the ritual. They can offer the sacrifices and still not believe of what they're for. Do not we have people today playing religion? They go to church. They even carry their Bibles. They even stand and sing, How Great Thou Art. And they give money. They have missionaries. They do everything like every other church does. But they don't trust Christ as their only hope of going to heaven. They think that he is necessary. But they don't believe he is enough. And that's a big difference. I believe he is enough. I don't believe I'm helping him in any way save my soul. He has saved me completely 50 years ago. And I'm going to heaven because of what he did and only him. Now, notice what he says here. Because you work trying to obtain something that you cannot have, because God says it just won't work that way. I want you to see this verse there. Look there in chapter 9. Look in chapter 9. And, and, and just notice there in verse 30, where he says, What shall we say then that the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? In verse 32, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. And they stumbled at that stumbling stone. And in verse 33, the stumbling stone was Christ. People are still stumbling over him. So now go to to Romans in chapter 11. Where it says in verse 10, Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see. And bow down their back always. In other words, under a heavy burden. Trying to earn something they cannot earn. To obtain a righteousness they cannot have. And that's why Paul says, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. He says, for I bear them record. He says, they 
being ignorant of the righteousness of God, going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. That was true then, and it's the same way it is now. No difference. So here in uh, verse 12, Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. In other words, God now is going to use a simple illustration. Now I, I'm not much into raising things. I, I, I just don't have a green thumb. Betty's got all green fingers. All of her fingers are green. She can plant anything and it grows. So I'm glad one of us know how to do something. Somehow God just seems to bless. I don't care what it is. She could plant dandelion that will grow in a desert, you know, anywhere. I don't care. She, things grow. And, uh, but the, the Lord says, here's, here's this uh, olive tree. And Israel is from the, the, the root, which is Christ. But they've been broken off and set aside, and the Gentiles have been grafted in. Well, God says, why were they broken off as a nation? Well, because of their unbelief. They didn't believe God. God give them enough time? Oh, man, he gave them time. So they were set aside. Individually, there's a lot of that can still believe and trust Christ as their Savior, which has been done. There's always this remnant. But then there's individual Gentiles from all over the world. So we have been made rich. Because the gospel now is taken to all the world. And so um, when God says, uh, preach the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. Israel could have had this greatest ministry in all the world. But Israel messed up. So now God is using his churches all over to present the gospel and people trust Christ as Savior. But God says... For the Gentiles not to become so high-minded as though we have done some great thing. We haven't done anything. That's God's goodness to us. God's graciousness to us. And he says that one day, isn't it possible that God can take off the wild branch that was grafted in? And take Israel and graft them in again? But the only reason they get grafted is because of their belief or unbelief. See, that's what causes it in out, because you believe or unbelief. And so God says Israel will be saved as in a day. God's going to graft them in, because one day see, they'll see the Lord when he comes back again. And they're going to believe. And when they believe, they're grafted right back in. So what God is saying is, don't forget the Jew. Don't us cast them aside as though they can't be saved. They're no longer important. Reach everybody but them. Now, I believe they ought to be on our priority list. But I believe that uh, when he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. It's already been to the Jew first. It already had been. God had already made them an exception. God had already given them an advantage and so now we're to take the gospel into all the world. And when he talks about the Jew first, that's already been done. It's not like, okay, here's a, here's a Jew and there's a Gentile. And I want to win them to the Lord. Well, I have to go to the Jew first. No. No. 
I don't look at them whether they're Jew or Gentile. I'd say, they're both lost. I'll take advantage of whichever one I can get. I don't care what they are. But I'm not supposed to neglect somebody just because, well, you're Jewish. I ain't going to try to win you. It doesn't matter who they are. You and I are not supposed to cast off anybody. Because anybody can be grafted in by faith. Because anybody can be saved. Because Christ died for everybody. But look at this, and I'll just read some of this. In verse 13, he says, For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh of the nation of Israel, and might save some of them. In other words, Paul said, I will do all that I can to get some of my brethren to trust the Lord. Because even though he was an apostle to the Gentiles, he never wanted to forget where he came from. He still wanted to reach his family. I mean, he still wanted his, the nation of Israel to believe, to trust the Lord. And verse 15, for if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, well, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? In other words, have you ever heard the, uh, about the, uh, the valley of the dry bones? Read Ezekiel 37 one day and just sit there and just read that. And you'll see how that these dead bones in this great big old valley, and all of a sudden these bones begin to come together. And then the meat becomes up on their bodies and so forth, and they stand up and become a great army. It's talking about the nation of Israel. Because one day they're going to come to life again. And because of their coming to life again, you and I are going to be so blessed because of Israel. And the world, world will be blessed because of Israel. And God's going to judge all the nations of the earth because of what they did with Israel. Not looking so good right now. But look what he says in verse 16. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ in the book of Isaiah 53 shall grow up before him as a tender plant. That's why it talks about David. He is the, Christ was the root of David. Yet he's the offspring of David. How can that be? Well, because he was before and he was after. You see, he was God and he was the son. But anyway, so he says here in verse 17, For if some of the branches be broken off, and thou been a wild olive tree, wert grafted in among them, and with them partakers of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of, and you ought to underline it, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. But understand, God is not through with Israel. God's not through with Israel. A lot of things that's going to happen yet. But we'll leave it right there and continue here next Sunday morning. Let me show you something. You've never seen this before. This hand, let it represent you and me. And this wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. The Bible says that God, he loves us, but he hates our sin. God loves us. But all of us have sinned. We've all done things wrong. And to pay for the wrong is eternal separation from God in hell.
But God loves us. But to go to heaven, you see, we have to be perfect. No sin. And with sin, we can't get in. So God says, you have to be perfect. There's only a perfect heaven. There's not a good heaven or a so-so heaven. There's only a perfect one. And you and I don't qualify. So the Bible says you cannot save yourself. Man makes up his own gospel. Just tells you to have more good deeds than you do bad deeds and you get in. He has no chapter and verse. There's no verse in the Bible that says that. No verse in the Bible that says if you'll be pretty good, I'll let you go to heaven. You have to be perfect and none of us are. And we have a debt and it has to be paid. This end represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin because our sin separates us from God. See, we're separated. That's what God calls dead in sins. Because of sins, I'm separated from God. I'm separated from him. I can't get to him because of sin. He can't get to me because of sin. Because he's pure and holy. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, did not have to die. He came into the world. And because of his love, he's gonna, if he takes my sin, he has to die. So he took all the sin of all the world and died on the cross. Paid for it, came back from the dead. He says, if you and I, if we will believe that he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. I enjoy telling people, God loves you so much, he'd rather die than live without you. He loves you so much, he'd rather die than live without you. This is what he did. He would rather die than live without you. Because without that, you and I had no chance. That's how much he loves you. You're worth something in his eyes. He does care about you. He does love you. And so the most important thing you will ever do in your whole life is to believe he did it for you. If you reject Christ, you're rejecting the love of God. Jesus Christ is the love of God. What man would reject the love of God and Turn down this free gift of eternal life to live forever with the Lord in heaven and no sin forevermore. I can't see a person doing that, but people do it. They're blind, deceived, but I hope that you that are here are a little bit more intelligent. It's a wise person, a smart person that will say, I'm a sinner and I can't save myself and I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you just simply just talk to the Lord right now? With your head bowed, just talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Friend, all of us are. And Lord, I believe that when Christ died, I believe he died for me. And I'm going to trust him as my Savior. Friend, if you'll trust him right now, God said he would save you right now and give to you eternal life. Would you believe it? Would you trust him? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you forward. But I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand just lets me know that what I said made sense. And you say, preacher, that made sense to me. And I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. And I'd like you to pray for me in closing. If you're doing that, just that much. Would you just slip it up very quickly? Put it right back down. Just slip your hand up very quickly. Say, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. We're thankful for the privilege we have to live in this world and, and know that uh, the gospel has come to the Gentiles. To know, Lord, that, that you're not through with Israel. To know and understand what's going on in the world today and how 
all nations have gathered themselves against that tiny nation. But Father, believing in your word, we know that you will, God, you will protect. You will intervene, that there will be a remnant. And Father, one day when you come back in power and great glory, and every eye shall see, and Israel be born in a day. And Father, to see the kingdom set up upon this earth. Father, we're looking forward to that day and that moment. But until then, help us to be faithful, to occupy till you come. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me